It was a day like any other, 24 hours long and ending in a Y. Two months had passed since Murder Manor, the day we'd let Tricky Ricky slip through our fingers. Tricky Ricky. Our consciences were no lighter, but our wallets were. Yet when I woke up that morning, something told me change was in the air. Wake up, Michael. Change is in the air. Yes, it was Tom. Tom. He had a head for figures, but not the kind of figures that keep you up all night, if you know what I mean. All right, Mike. And Yaz. Yaz was a no-nonsense fella who let his fists do the talking, with lips drawn either side of his thumb and forefinger and two eyes above. The effect was quite impressive. And then there's me, Michael Grady Hall, actor, soliloquizer, and self-appointed leader of this adventure trio, who can't stop asking himself if starting this adventuring business wasn't actually a terrible, deadly, earth-shattering mistake. Well, Michael, what do you think? I don't know. Well, of course you don't, you idiot. As I walked into the office, Yaz looked up with a grin. At least he was still pleased to see me. As Michael stepped into the office, I faked a smile. Ricky ran the underworld now. Crime everywhere we turned, and his ticket-out louts and jackboot bootleg script-talkers meant there wasn't even any money left in fringed theatre, and no one even wanted to listen to our podcast. Though we kept recording all our inner streams of consciousness, just in case it was ever useful, don't forget to rate and subscribe in your favourite podcast app. I recorded myself saying this, and then looked over at Tom, stirring a cup of water in our makeshift kitchen. I saw Yaz watching me, and hoped he hadn't noticed I'd forgotten to put a tea bag in my mug. The toaster pop. There was no toast in it. We couldn't afford toast. We couldn't even afford a toaster, which made me wonder what had popped. We could all feel it. It was the end of the line. No one wanted to employ the boys who couldn't deliver. And I didn't blame them. But I did sometimes stick my tongue out when they weren't looking. I was thinking of Tricky Ricky and drinking my hot water when something suddenly rang a bell. Sounds like someone still wants to talk to uh, us. It sounds like the phone's ringing. I'll get it. I'll get the extension. I told you, Yaz, size doesn't matter. You really shouldn't be taking medical advice from a spam email. Hello, Three's Company's Adventure Department. It's me, lad. Jimmy Short. That's Detective Police Chief Inspector Constable Commissioner James Short to you, laddie. I've come a long way since the night you lost Tricky Ricky. Short was a fast-talking, jaywalking cop, hard as fingernails and short as two thick planks. We had history, but not the fun kind like the Romans or Tudors. He was about as honest as they come. He didn't waste time and he took no prisoners. Enough wasting time. I've taken no prisoners and that's why I'm calling you. We've not had a successful conviction for months. Tricky Ricky's controlling everyone. I need a resolve. 2-0 to Arsenal. And we didn't lose him. We just don't know where he is. I don't need excuses, Tom. I've got enough excuses to last a lifetime. Mrs Rogers in the excuses department has excelled herself this year. What I need is answers. Uh, Papua New Guinea. That's the answer to the wrong question. Listen, I've got the mayor breathing down my neck now. Eh? Right now? Yeah. Oh, put him on, will you? Hang on. Yeah. What? He says he hasn't got time to talk to you now, but he'll return the pruning shearers on Wednesday. Tell him thanks. Listen, boys. The police department is riddled with corruption. The investigation's going nowhere. And I'm not supposed to be talking to you at all after the mess you've caused. You've got 24 hours. After that, I can't protect you anymore. My hands are tied and I'm washing them of this whole thing. Sounds tricky. I'm sorry, lads. 24 hours. But, Chief! No buts! Goodbye! 
What did he say? No buts. He's not still angry about that, is he? It was just high spirits. I didn't know his wife was watching. We're all doomed. I don't know what you're worried about. We'll find Tricky Ricky, no matter who we have to take down to get him. We'll prove ourselves where all have doubted us. And we can pick up a toaster while we're out. In a small town called London, England, there live three men. By day, a fair to middling theatre company. By night, a fair to middling theatre company with an adventure department. If you have a perilous mission that requires cunning and skill, if it seems no one will answer your cry for help, if you can cover insurance costs and all reasonable expenses, there's one fair to middling theatre company you can count on, so strap yourselves in, keep arms and legs inside the carriage, and remove all loose items such as glasses, because it's time for Three's Company's Adventure Department. Episode 4, Pitch Noir. We sat staring moodily at our frosted glass door, the etched words, Adventure Department, seeming to mock us with memories of a happier time, when suddenly a silhouette appeared. Even in the fading light, the outline was unmistakable. It was a broad, and something had led her here. We'd been in the theatre company with an adventure department business for long enough to know that a broad only meant one thing. It meant a woman. It was a 1940s American slang term. Well, actually, abroad means two things. It also means overseas. Raising a hand to the pane, the silhouette knocked gently. Come in. And the door opened. The figure stepped through the doorway and threw a long shadow across the room. Sorry, do you mind if I turn a light on? It's very shadowy in here. <gasps> Miss Claret! Gentlemen. Miss Ruby Claret, award-winning actor and all-round slippery customer. She could twist any situation to her own gain. In she walked, dressed to kill. Can I hang my bazooka coat here? No. She played us for the fools we weren't at Murder Manor, and we weren't going to forget that in a hurry. Yay, Miss Claret! Yaz had the hots for her. May I sit? Sure. <sighs> Sorry, busy day. It's hard work maintaining my career as an award-winning actress, singer, and Big Cat Sanctuary owner whilst keeping up my hobby as a master criminal. But I make it work. I can make anything work. I could make a chocolate fireplace work. Oh, yum. What are you doing here, Claret? I hear you three have been having some trouble. I, I, I don't know where you heard that. No, I didn't tell you. But I think you can use my help. With what? I don't know. Maybe bringing down Tricky Ricky? You know, your timing could not be better. We were just about to watch Bargain Hunt. Look, Claret, we know you were working with him all along. We know you were his lover. And we know he wasn't enough for you and you secretly wanted me as well. It was obvious. Why would you help us? I guess maybe I missed you three in a strange way. Adventuring. You three made it look almost fun. Things might have been so different if I'd had the sense to see what was in front of my eyes all those months ago at Murder Manor. Your glasses. But now Ricky's planning something terrible. Too terrible even for me. He's going to poison the city's water supply with arsenic. <gasps> the same way he killed Barrington Smythe at Murder Manor. My God, it's the same plot, only with higher stakes. Must be a sequel. I mean, poisoning a street with arsenic, sure. Poisoning all the city with a slightly cheesy aftertaste, or poisoning all the chaffinches, maybe. But this is too far. He must be stopped. And ideally in the next 24 hours. Well, 23, actually. We probably shouldn't have spent that last 59 minutes staring moodily at the door. I think it helped. But how can we stop him? 
Ricky has a secret vault where he keeps all his plans and money and blackmail material. That's the key to stopping him. Why do you need us? I mean, normally I'd ask my go-to team of ace female thieves and crooks, but weirdly they all seem to be away. It's a fault with the genre. I've come to your agency because, as a woman in a man's world, I don't appear to have any agency of my own. Okay, that seems to check out. Let's not question it any further. Where do we start? I've dug up some info on the guy who built the vault. This guy goes by the name Guy. Here's a blurred picture, a photocopy of his year five school report, and his national insurance number. It wasn't much to go on. Was she spinning a yarn? We couldn't tell. She didn't seem the seamstress type. Her loyalty may have been patchier than Yaz's mobile phone reception, but we needed a lead, and this was the only lead we had. And anyway, what were the chances that three really clever men like us would misunderestimate a woman two episodes in a row? I watched as the three boys swallowed the bait. You won't catch me revealing my true intentions in an inner monologue like these dupes, I thought to myself. I'm a mystery, a closed book, the opposite of Elgar, an enigma with no variations. The game had begun. So, we set out in search of this guy guy. This city was a cesspool of seething seediness, but we knew how to navigate it. We tried the usual tactics to get some leads. A few casual chats. Please, I don't know anything. Ow! Call him off! Call him off! That's enough, Yaz. Dropped in on a few old friends. We know you've been trading weapons with him, Black Kettlepot, a.k.a. The Puffin. Where is his safe? I ain't telling you nothing. Today is not a good day to mess us around, Kettlepot. Do you want to call back Thursday? But the underworld was silent. Everyone was either under his thumb or wrapped around his little finger. We were even visited by myself from the future. But that didn't help at all. I am you, from the future. Oh, this again? No time for saying, oh, this again? We have no time. And yet time is all we have. Uh, what? I need to borrow your kettle. Sorry, when exactly are you from? I'm from season two. Oh my god, there's a season two. Only if you let me borrow your kettle! Right now! I mean, go ahead. Thanks. Don't worry. You'll have it back in two seconds of your time. <laughs> Sorry that took so long. Here you go. Whoa! Why are you soaking wet? I'm wearing a crown. Didn't I say there was no time to explain? It was all a bit confusing, to be honest. We finally caught a break when we went to see Paul the Prawn. Paul the Prawn ran Paul the Prawn's Pawn and Pawn Shop, a dodgy joint in the heart of old Soho. Now, he was about as reliable as my mobile phone reception, but if there was somebody to know, the Prawn knew them. He told us he knew this guy, guy, and where he hangs out. Yeah, I know this guy, guy, and where he hangs out, or, or what's in it for me? How about a few of these nice pieces of paper with the Queen's face on? That's the kind of language you speak, isn't it? It sure is. Hand them over. 26 second-class stamps and five first-class large envelope size. Pleasure doing business with you. He's normally seen at the Prohibition Man's Tub. He's a pickpocket, but I don't know his real name. If you're pulling our legs, Prawn, we'll be back with Mary Rose Sauce. I told you, he hangs out at the Prohibition Man's Tub. He told us he hangs out in the Prohibition Man's Tub. So that's where we headed. The Prohibition Man's Top was where the dregs of society, the lowest of the low, congregated in a violent, ugly and malodorous rabble. 
It was, frankly, really hard to get a tape. As we walked in, the stench of liquor and sweat hit me in the face. So did the doorman. Ah, sorry, Mike. I didn't recognize you there. No worries, Jimmy. Sometimes these days I don't recognize myself either. The hazy, smoky mist which rose from the chatter of the tables and hung brooding around the ceiling, casting a cloak over the city's undesirables, was not present due to the smoking ban. Three J2Os, barkeep. Straight up. No ice, no slice. And no straws. We've bought reusable ones, thank you. Orange and passion fruit, apple and mango, or apple and melon. Do we look like we care? Apple and mango. Stella Foster's, the landlady, was no spring chicken. Nor was she a winter chicken, nor a summer chicken, nor the other one. She wasn't a chicken at all. She was a human. Though you could be forgiven for thinking otherwise. Though not by her. She was a dame, sure. But she was the sort of dame you normally see in pantomimes. Tom! Michael! Yes! Long time no see! Um, hi. Why haven't you called, Jess? Uh, my, my phone's been playing up. I hear. You've been asking after Tricky Ricky. We don't want any trouble. We're just looking for a guy known as Guy. Oh, do you mean Mr. Knock Hollow Jess? You've heard of him. Why don't you ask around? <clears throat> um, excuse me, I need a guy in a collar. Wait a button flicking minute. <laughs> yes, that was very witty, Stella. I'm sure that paid him back for whatever it is he did to you. But this is important. We're looking for one of Tricky Ricky's men. He's a pickpocket, using the code name Guy. Any ideas? You might get some info from Tricky Ricky's gang. They're in the pool hall at the back. There's Freddy Armbreaker Nielsen. Sammy, nastier than Freddie and that saying something, Andrews. And Randy, quite nice, actually, might buy you some chocolates. No only kidding, Ramsey. Thanks. We stepped into the back and Tricky Ricky's goons glared up at us. They were blue in the face. We caught them in the middle of some fun and games with snooker chalk. Ooh, they look pretty tough. Yeah. But we're right behind you. What? Well, a safe distance behind you. Um, OK, well, I'll just have a piece of Lucky Bubble Gum. Ooh, courage flavour. I'll watch for trouble. I'll watch this TV in the corner. <clears throat> um, excuse me, lads. Sorry to bother you, lads. But we, um, heard you guys work for Tricky Ricky. Who said that? Stella told us. No, I'm very short-sighted, literally. Who just said that? Don't worry, blind Bobby Boxcutter. It's that stupid freeze company lads again. Who are you calling stupid? You guys. Oh, right. I wasn't really listening. TV's showing up even the Gilmore Curls. Come to give us a show, have you boys? Maybe some pinta or a forgotten gem by Carol Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're here in our adventure capacity right now. We don't want any trouble. We just want to know where Tricky Ricky keeps his secret vault. I'm afraid I can't answer that. You're not at liberty to say? No, don't know the answer. I don't believe that for a second. Let me beat it out of you. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. We're not looking for a fight. Chicken! Who just called us chicken? No, I've got some food here. Chicken! Chicken and chips! Listen, fellas. This hot joint is not for you. You're kicking us out? Ah, oh, well, we tried. No, this spicy pork shoulder with cider gravy. Give us the answers we need and we'll let you get back to your game of pool. The pocket. Excuse me? He's in the pocket. What? Oh, just uh, talking about something to do with the uh, game of pool. Oh, yeah, because the only pool you'll be seeing will be a swimming pool on the telly from your hospital bed because you'll be in hospital. Yeah. Take your best shot. It won't cut it. Imagine the worst pain you've felt and double it. Ooh. That's your cue to die. There won't be any 
cushions where you're going because it's prison. You think you can snooker us? Give it a rest. Come on, Randy, smash them up. Wait. But we're stripes, see? They're bunched too close together. That's really the best tactic. Oh, yeah, I suppose it is. Well, we won't trouble you anymore. Yeah, that's right, you won't, because I'm going to beat you up. You don't have the balls. Oh, come on, yes. I hadn't thought of that one yet. Enough of this. <gasps> Who are you? I'm John, really reasonable and friendly, but turns murderously insane when he sees you bubblegum. Thomas. I'm really quite reasonable and friendly, though I do turn murderously insane when I see you's bubblegum. Listen, everyone. This doesn't have to turn into a fight. You clearly need something. So stop chewing it over and spit it out. Yaz? Oh. All right. Yaz? No! Thanks, Jimmy. I can't keep bailing you boys out, you know. What were you doing at a pub anyway when you're meant to be solving the case? We were following a lead. You're lucky it was me that found you. Most of the other cops are in Tricky Ricky's pockets. Pockets? Pockets, of course. What? Hang on. I've just found a note in my pocket. This guy guy must have slipped it in there before the fight. What does it say? Uh, J2O times three at... Pound 3.50 total, £10.50 paid by car. Is it a code? Maybe try your other pocket. Aha! Another note. It's not safe for me to talk here. Meet me in the old cinema at 9pm. Oh, but that's in ten minutes. We've got to move now. This is a dangerous game you're playing. Ricky's more powerful than you know. Do you really want to do this? Is there still crime in this city? Yes. £3.50 for a J2O is daylight robbery for a start. And seeing as I'm now £10.50 overdrawn on the company credit card, we really need to restore our reputation. Let's go, boys. Good luck. Oh, boys. Why couldn't you have just stayed at home and put on a play? We climbed the threadbare stairs of the once glorious picture house, stopping for neither nachos nor 3D glasses, and took a seat on the third row. An old movie was playing, something about a guy and a girl in a time we couldn't remember in a place we didn't care about. A story of love and betrayal that was as old as time. And also there seemed to be a sort of subplot with a badger who learnt chess, but we weren't entirely paying attention. We waited. Oh, so you got the message? Is that you, guy? Just keep facing forwards. Pretend you're watching the film. I am watching the film. This badger's great. My real name is Andy. Andy Dextrous. I'm a pickpocket and lockpick. Ricky eyed me, but as soon as I realised what he was really up to, I knew I'd just had to keep working for him for a couple more years until my mortgage was paid off, and then come straight to you guys. So what can you tell us? You know what will happen if Tricky Ricky finds out I'm talking to you? He won't. No one knows you're here except for us and the Chief Inspector. Just tell us the password for the vault. Write this down. Password zero one. That's the password? No, you don't understand. The A is an at symbol, and the S's are dollar signs. Clever. Can you tell us where the vault is? Sure. But before I do, there's something else you need to know. Ricky told me the name of his mole in the police force. You urgently need to find a man called... What? Go on. What's he doing? He's dead. Oh, my God. Someone shot him with a silent poison dart. That fire exit wasn't open before. Quick, after them. We made a fast one, but it was too late. 
Whoever had killed Andy had pulled a fast one, then made a fast one faster than our fast one. Damn it, I said. Damn it. Our only lead had been shot with a poison dart right before our eyes. Or just behind our eyes. Tricky Ricky was always one step ahead, just out of reach. A man was dead, and we hadn't stopped it. Will our heroes find the vault? Will they defeat the evil Tricky Ricky? Will Miss Claret return to do anything other than exposition? Find out after this break. I slipped down a side street into some dime a dollar dive and caught my breath. Good. I hadn't been followed. In that moment, a familiar sensation started to sink in. I could feel the constraints of the genre bearing down on me. Maybe this is a man's world. A man's man's world. With man's voices and man's sizes of high-vis jackets that never fit women. Maybe there is no place in this genre for a woman like me. No. That's what they think, I thought. That's what I'll let them think I think I thought. Now that's a thought. I packed away my poison dart gun and waited. Everything was going to plan. This is the back of the cinema. The, the killer must have struck from here. No sign of the silent poison dart gun. Oh, God, it's disgusting. This is just a load of popcorn, crisp packet, half full cups of coke, an entire discarded roast dinner. You're allowed to take your own food into the cinema, you know. They can't stop you. Hang on, look here. A matchbook. It says... Tricky Ricky's Secret Vault and Warehouse. Yes, look at this. There, there's an address. 12 Industrial Park, Shady Business District, North London. Well done, Tom. Uh, actually, it was me. Who gets merchandise printed for their secret lair? Someone who can do what he likes, when he likes, using whatever font he likes without worrying about repercussions. Michael was right. It was a sobering thought. We were up against an impossible foe. My head started to spin with possibilities and I could hear a ringing in my ears. It was my phone. Claret. If she was calling, it could only mean one thing. That she wanted to talk to us. Miss Claret, always a pleasure. Hello. 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 Yes? Bloody mobile reception. Oh, hello. We've got the password and the location of the safe. Oh, you're so clever, yes. I am, aren't I? I've followed like 80% of what's going on in this episode. So, what's this password then? You might want to write this down. It's P for, for a, a penis, at symbol, dollar, dollar, W for willy, O for organ, R for really big penis, and D for... I, I don't know, I always find it really hard to think of these things. Dictaphone? Thanks, yes. Can you put Michael on? Uh, hello? 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 Stupid mobile reception. Michael, listen. I found out that there's a corrupt cop at the highest level of the force pulling all the strings. Who is he? What makes you so sure it's a man? Oh, um... <laughs> Just kidding. Have you heard any other female voices in this episode? It's a fault with the genre. Whatever. Listen. I've got you a lead. What's that? Well, it's a slang term for a clue to guide your progress in an investigation, but that's not important right now. Meet me in Grime Alley and I'll explain everything there. Quick as you can. Ricky might be watching. I knew she'd want to see us again. I really think it can work between me and her, you know. You haven't got a chance, Yaz. She thinks you're a moron. What? I would never marry more than one person. 
Anyway, she said I was sweet. She said you were unsavoury. Yeah, same thing. Even with Miss Claret, we, we can't take down Tricky Ricky's warehouse. It'll be too heavily guarded. Don't worry, I have a plan. What's that? We'll need help from Jimmy Short. I'll explain when we get to Grime Alley. We were getting closer. We could feel it. We were going to take on Tricky Ricky once again. We wandered in silence through the driving rain. Not that it was driving us anywhere quickly. It was just making us wet. But what did Claret mean? What was she trying to tell me? I had no idea. I felt confused, betrayed, like that bit in The Little Mermaid where the crab sings the song, but when he finishes, she's gone away. All we knew was that there was a man out there we couldn't trust. Thank goodness Claret had our back. And still the rain continued to fall, hard and persistent and wet, like a woodpecker carving through a giant oak in the rain. Michael phoned Detective Short on the way. He promised us back up at the warehouse. And we don't want to get Short changed. Well, good, because I'm not going anywhere. We'll see you there. Just be careful you don't get caught, Short. No worries. I've already been to the bathroom twice. As Mike hung up the phone, we realised we'd finally arrived at Crime Alley. We passed a rotting corpse leaning against the garbage bins. He hadn't even managed to die in the bin. Partially due to the rising crime and partially due to the blistering incompetence of insert name of current Secretary of State for Health and Social Care, the city's hospitals had gone to the dogs. And though they tried their hardest, the lack of opposable thumbs made it very difficult for dogs to make effective doctors. Grime Alley was dark and dangerous, like Antonio Banderas, or a knife shop with the lights out. We could all feel it. It was too quiet. Alarm bells started to ring. Don't be silly, Mike. That's not an alarm bell. It's this very suspicious payphone. Hello? Hey, boys. Tricky Ricky? What are you playing at? Oh, just a little game I like to call. Being an evil master criminal and getting away with whatever I want because not even the famed adventure department can stop me. Still working on the title. Keep at it. So nice to see you're all still such close friends. Crammed into a single phone box. How do you know? Closely at that garbage can. Surprise! It's him! <laughs> Damn his incredible disguise abilities. I wouldn't try anything, boys. If you would, Miss Claret. I felt the barrel of a gun press into my back. Sorry about this, boys. Claret! You were working with Tricky Ricky the whole time. It's a bit more complicated than that, but yes. Calm down, boys. Just take a deep breath. <coughs> we're being gassed. <coughs> How could you? You fiends! <coughs> Lights out, boys! <laughs> where, where, where are we? For the life of me, I can't remember a goddamn thing. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. Um, what's the last thing you remember? Are you asking me what the last thing I remember is? No, answering you. We need to figure out what's going on. What's your first thought? I'm not sure. It was probably, why am I being squeezed out of this vagina? Thanks for that. Tom? Metal walls, vats of acid, thumping headache, shipping crates. Oh, God! Tricky Ricky drugged us and has taken us to his warehouse! Welcome, boys. There he was, alone in the centre of the room, smoking a cigar with one hand and strangling a baby kitten with the other. Tricky Ricky. You'll never get away with this. I already have. The arsenic is ready to be disseminated, and you're trapped, framed, and tied to vats of acid. 
What could possibly go wrong? Why did you do this, Ricky? Oh, please. I haven't got time for soliloquizing. I ain't got people to kill. Maybe if you spent less time on it yourself, you'd have been able to stop me. Sir, the plan is on target. I told him to say that, just to taunt you. Hang on, is that Sock? Commander Sock, the alien with no sense of humour from episode 2, Attack of the Clutch. <laughs> that is correct. I have been one of Tricky Ricky's crew all along, together with the Claret and approximately half the politicians in the city. What is this? Some sort of a joke? You're really asking the wrong person there. Wait, and... Oh my goodness, no, it can't be! I'm afraid so, boys. It's me, your humble narrator. I could tell you didn't appreciate me, so I joined Tricky Ricky's gang. Scared? I wasn't scared. But I could tell Yaz and Tom were jittery with nerves. I'm not nervous, I'm just cold. We had one more trick up our sleeve. Tricky Ricky still didn't know we'd phoned short beforehand. If I could keep playing it cool until he got here, we had a chance. You, the cool one, are you kidding me? At that point, the tiresome threesome realised the inimitable Tricky Ricky was still there and could hear everything they said. We had blown it. Ooh, are you waiting for your pint-sized police friend to come save you? Well, wake up and smell the kidney beans. Here he is! Short! No, not you, not you, Jimmy! Sorry, lads. I have to think of my family. And also yachts. I have to think about yachts. Cuff them, shortcake. And make sure they're nice and tight. You won't get away with this. You already said that, and yet here I am, in the process of getting away with it. And Ruby Claret, she was part of your plan all along. You sent her to tell us about Guy. You arranged to get us thrown off the scent with the vault password. Password? Wait, she told you about the vault? Oh, enough games, Ricky. That means... Uh, bollocks. Excuse me, sir. I am sorry to inform you that your vault has been breached. What? All of the money has gone, and ah. your evil scheme box no. has been destroyed. She's been playing us both all along? Ah, oh, well, that won't stop me taking exquisite pleasure in killing you three. No, but this might. Good punch, yes! Good explanation of the action for Radio Tom. Good self-referential humour, Michael. Oh, how did you get free? Short didn't put these cuffs on properly. I was always a good corp, really. Looks like the tables have turned, Tricky Ricky. Just now I'm a good corp with a yacht. Sir. Ouch. Cuff him shortcake. I mean short ass. I mean short. We're not so very different, you and I. We're both characters in the same script, and we both have noses. You're going to jail for a very long time. I'll be out on bail in a week. I own this city. He's right. It won't stick. What I need is a confession. Okay, I dropped Yaz's mobile in the bath. It was me. I'm sorry. You can't stop me and you won't kill me. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> Why, you... Yes, no, we don't kill people. For the purposes of this episode anyway. See, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm invincible. Not so fast. <laughs> you were saying... No one hassles those boys except me, Tricky Ricky. And the antagonists of the subsequent episodes, I guess. No! Not so tricky anymore, are we, honey boy? He's dead! You... you killed him? We did it! Hooray! I don't want to be a shriveled haggis or whatnot, but it seems like you didn't really do anything, apart from what Claret had planned for you. Always get a woman to do a man's job. 
And seeing as I'm the only woman around... It's a fault with the genre. You just keep telling yourselves that. I'm off to have a conversation with another woman that's not about a man. And with that, she was gone. Just the way she'd first arrived. On foot. The city was so happy, they spontaneously threw a parade. Woohoo! What a great parade that was. Um, does that chair look a bit familiar to you? Now you're seeing things. <laughs> we were heroes wherever we went, as the men who brought down Tricky Ricky and restored order to the streets. Luckily, this was absolutely the first time ever that a man had taken credit for something a woman had achieved. After a day like that, we knew exactly what was needed. Have you got the new toaster with the reward money? Here. And the tea bags? Here. And we're just in time for Pointless. Let's go home. As I watched the boys plod back to their ramshackle office, I felt sorry for them. As that old song goes, it's a man's world. But then, as that other old song goes, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So what do old songs know? Farewell, listeners. Maybe we'll meet again. But in the meantime, I have my own adventures to be getting on with. Next time on Three's Company's Adventure Department. How did we get here? Our whole lives were ahead of us. If only we knew then what we know now. Wales is so lovely. Just us and the countryside. Cut off from the rest of the world. What could possibly go wrong? I wish this retreat would never end. I'll pack the car. The roads are abandoned. Hang on, what? Odd. Oh, don't worry. Trick of the light? That's probably it. Hang on, what's that noise? (sighs) Look what's coming towards us. Why are they moving so fast? We've got to get out of here. Do any of you happen to have a deft hand with weapons? <laughs> That's funny. A joint PhD in microbiology and nanocomputing? It's not funny, yes. Or an unquenchable desire to help people in need? Check. Check. And check. But can we trust them? What? I have a bad feeling about this. What could possibly go wrong? All right! Hey! Give oh, back! Hey, let go! Stop that. Hey! Will you guys stop arguing like fucking school kids? Sorry. Take that! Who's a zombie now? They're everywhere! What do we do? We might still have a chance. We can save humankind. Really? 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 Yes, yes, really. We can't have people going off on the roll. You're right, George. The last thing we want now is anyone getting lonely. I'm sorry? Look out behind you! Oh my god! It's you! I can't believe you've done this. Oh, don't try and make me feel guilty. Come <laughs> <laughs> Yaz, watch out for that girl! Oh, fuck, fuck, oh, save yourself! Goodness sake! No one likes your stew, Yaz! Pick up the hairdryer! You get yourself killed! You are all coming with me and that's final! Whoa! Would you look at that? That's just gobsmacking! What are you three doing just standing around in the middle of a zombie apocalypse? Zombie apocalypse?! Episode 5, Night of the Mortally Challenged. Just a minute. Have you three been in a coma for the last month, like the last guy? Woof. You have been listening to Three's Company's Adventure Department, Episode 4, Pitch Noir, or A Case of Claret. Visit adventuredepartment.uk for more info and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss the final episode of this series, Night of the Mortally Challenged. 
Adventure Department was written, performed, and created by Three's Company. Guests this episode were Paul Dodds, Ashley Kay, Daniel Miller, and Greg Snowden, with Yusef Kerkor as Tricky Ricky. Artwork, edit, and sound design was by Yaz, and it was mixed by Adrian Townsend. Special thanks this episode to Hamish Nichols and Marianne Bell for one of the jokes. Full credits, music listings, transcripts, and more can be found at adventuredepartment.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, it would help us immensely if you could rate it and tell people you know by email, by social media, or in person, providing you don't tell more than six people from more than two households that you enjoyed it at the same time. Our Twitter is at Threes Company. Our Instagram is Threes Company UK. Our Facebook is Threes Co. And our website is adventuredepartment.uk. Threes Company are Yaz Alsharta, Michael Grady Hall, and me, Tom Crawshaw. Right. I think we need to have a little chat. Don't we, Mr. Narrator? Yes. I'm sorry, boys. Ricky made me do it. Let me come back and work for you, please. I'll do anything. Oh, will you narrate the inner thoughts of the ducks in the park for me so it sounds like they're a family having a conversation? Um, sure. Then welcome back to the team, friends. Let's go to the park.